welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, spiritual healing from trauma and abuse for empaths, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, spiritual mentor and author, and I'm empowering empaths three times a week in recovery and healing from narcissistic abuse and childhood trauma. Through human design, self-care, mindfulness advice, and expert interviews. Subscribe now. This is Season 5, Episode 14, The Astrologer's Guide to Somatic Healing for Trauma and Pain. The gaslighting is probably the most insidious part of it all. It's the worst. Because when you no longer can trust yourself and your decisions and and what you believe reality to be. The women that I work with, we recognize that really quickly through mapping cycles and through medical astrology. Every sign rules body parts. The nervous system regulation and breath is at the top of the list in somatic practices. Just a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional help. If you are experiencing fear, anxiety, and confusion from the narcissist, then I strongly recommend that you speak to a professional. I've been there, and when I left my narcissist, I found talk therapy to be extremely beneficial. And this is why I chose BetterHelp as a sponsor. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, who offers licensed therapists who are trained to allow you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. Finding a therapist is easy. Just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Everything you share is completely confidential in therapy. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash E-M-P-A-T-H. The link is in the show notes. Discover how to use astrology and somatic healing techniques to relieve trauma and pain. This comprehensive conversation and episode with Britt Johnson will show you the power of combining astrology with body-based approaches. Combining astrology and body-based approaches like breathwork, energy healing, and somatic processing can be a powerful tool to address trauma and pain. Our guest today, Britt Johnson, was referred to us by Jamie Thornhill, who spoke on how to listen to your intuition in episode eight. She is an intuitive medium. And her bonus episode is the power of resilience after experienced narcissistic abuse. That just was last week, so it's not far down the feed. And Britt is an evolutionary astrologer and women's integrative wellness plant medicine and birth doula and womb healing guide. She assists individuals by holding space as they map their trauma and pain stories with tools such as astrology, somatic healing techniques, plant allies, and sharing her own lived experiences and inner wisdom. Britt Johnson is a reflector, a mirror, and safe space as each individual heals themselves. She is on Instagram at Venus underscore rising underscore specifically that is hers there are other many duplicates of hers so be careful to find her at venus underscore rising underscore and her website brit johnsoncom 
The reason we're combining astrology and somatic healing is because it's such a powerful approach to understand the archetypes and themes in your specific natal chart. And it removes the ego from and the self-identity attachment to the pain and trauma. And somatic healing is essentially connecting your body and your mind together so that you can understand how the energy is flowing through you, you know, releasing all of the trapped trauma and pain in your body. And it's very, very powerful to help release all of the pain and emotional abuse and that, that emotional stored energy that's within you. And it really will provide you relief from your trauma and your pain from narcissistic abuse. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Britt Johnson. Hello, Britt. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really excited that we connected through another guest, Jamie. She's so beautiful and wonderful. And (laughs) today we're going to be talking about somatic healing techniques for trauma and pain. And you are an astrologer, so we're going to kind of dive into a bit to your story, how astrology and medical astrology can help you and give be a tool for you to heal, as well as some beautiful plant medicine that's more specific to, you called it psilocybin, correct? Yes. 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 Okay. I said it right. Mushroom. It's a type of mushroom. Yeah. So <laughs> that, how that can facilitate your healing as well. So so excited to dive into that topic. So let's hear a bit about you and your story. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, which is a focus on, of course, the cycles, which is what astrology is. It's the focus on cyclical nature of planetary positions and aspects. And you mix that in with psychology, modern day psychology, specifically Carl Jung. And that's pretty much what evolutionary astrology is. My mother has studied it from, you know, late teens, early 20s. I didn't get into it until about 10 years ago. So I've been around it a lot in my life, going into more of the spiritual world, spirit fairs and all that. And of course, pushed that away as a teen and and didn't get into it later on, but then found what area within that realm of astrology I wanted to dive into. So a lot of that has to do with my mother, Carla Gandhi, and then our mentor, who is Stephen Forrest, who is an evolutionary astrologer in his 70s, been doing this for a very long time. So that's how that started. Gosh, incredible. It just reminds me, it's like, no matter how you bring your children up, they you can't expect them to always, like, believe what you believe, and it's their journey, even if they still find their way on that path to where you guide them, like, they need to find it. So I love yes. that re- <laughs> reaffirmation, like, let it just flow. And so with that, um, can you share a little bit about how, like, your journey in healing a specific wound with? a narcissist? Like, have you experienced any in your life? Yes, my father. And while I, you know, narcissist has become such a common word now on social media. And I really find that, you know, very few people we call a narcissist actually really are textbook narcissist. Right. But 
my father, I believe, really sits on the edge of that for sure. So grew up with him, extremely selfish human being, just so much trauma. And I saw firsthand where it's from. It was from my grandmother and her abuse, her smothering, very sort of like that Freudian, <laughs> the mother like encapsulating her son and, and just like engulfing herself into them. So I saw later on sort of just where it came from at a very young age. Like I was cognitive of that. I was like, oh, this happens because of this and this and this. But he had really short-tempered outbursts, you know, punching the walls, screaming, yelling, never hitting us. But we had to walk on eggshells and really live on the edge. Just always his wants and desires. So he, he really consumed the oxygen in the room and fed himself through material, always wanting to buy something new and filling that void. So I saw that at a very young age. And I'll be 37 next month, and it continues to be that way. So now I've had to just cut him out of my life, but in the most healthy way where Mm. there isn't as much anger and resentment there is just this is how it was always meant to be and what it needs to be for for my path. Yeah, let's lean into that a little bit because that can be a really tricky thing to accomplish, right? To yeah. set up a boundary and especially a family member, getting them out of your life altogether or maybe on the outer circle without feeling guilt, first of all, and then without feeling that bitterness also. Like the ego feels like it needs to hold on to the anger in order to not let them back in. But there is a a beautiful way to do it through love. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not a linear process. There's so many layers of what version of us as a child is still wanting that courage, that admiration, that, you know, the father that we wanted to have. And it will circle back around with different parts of our life and and seven-year cycles is how I kind of see it within our age as well. So over this last summer even, in July, my 12-year-old self internally had to witness and go back. And I, I, I was around him longer than I have been in years. And... I felt like that 12-year-old little girl again. And I realized, too, that I had fantasized about my childhood in a way where, because it wasn't all bad, and there was really beauty, a lot of beauty in it on my grandparents' farm and being able to run around. I was an only child. I had dogs and a horse, and there was a lot of imagination in play. But there was the nostalgia that I was holding on to that clouded over the, oh, like this was really actually really bad. Like there was a lot of verbal and emotional abuse here. So I had to really break down the walls of those fantasies. And it did. And then my body responded with all of that trauma that it had been carrying from probably the entirety of my life in this lifetime. And then that was released. And so that that was just this last summer. And I've been doing this work since 2012. 
So wow. it's like if, if we, if we really want to believe that, you know, in our ego is like, oh, we, we're so far ahead and like we've done so, you know, it just doesn't last as long the process now that it would have. So I worked through that in a couple months versus a couple of years, uh, but it still came up. Yeah, it is so nuanced. And like, just as I feel like the universe, right, there is no linear continuum of space and time. Like the past is the present and the present is the future when it comes to trauma. Like it doesn't care about time. It just reappears whenever it wants to. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I have to heal this other layer. I thought I was perfectly fine. Hands clean. Let's move forward. But that's, that's not how we evolve. That's, that's not how the cycles work. Right. Thank you for your podcast and book. It has helping me through this dark period. Thank you for sharing your story. End quote. I have heard this countless of times and I am so grateful. My guidebook is to serve you in your healing journey and it weaves my story into lessons and is a must read on your self-discovery journey. I've included 20 plus healing resources such as guided meditations, exercises, and journal prompts to heal and to understand your human design and some astrology concepts as well. You can buy your copy of my book, Empath and the Narcissist, How to Overcome Narcissistic Abuse and Recover from PTSD, Codependency, Gaslighting, Manipulation, and Learn How to Live Your True Self with Human Design 101 on Amazon and listen on Audible. Yeah, and you know, the, the women that I work with, we recognize that really quickly through mapping cycles and through medical astrology. Every sign rules body parts. And so when we go look at that within the chart and we see what house and every house represents something specific, then we get to see certain placements. And then we can even go back to transits or parts of our life from birth to seven, seven to 14, and move forward through those mapping and see, uh, even through the metaphysical anatomy aspect, just sort of what our body was carrying, what certain healing phases represent. And it is mind-blowing how it sinks. Because again, there's no such thing as time, really, and it's not linear. So it was like, was I always going to break my arm when my parents split up at that time when I was four? Or was it in correlation to what was going on? Was it, you know, synchronized? It's the questions that we don't really ever answer. Right. But the accuracy of the alignment that we can get to within that is pretty phenomenal in our charts. So you can look at your natal chart and then look at whatever you know what you're looking for. And you can say, this here <laughs> is yeah. why you broke your arm at four years old. Well, in German New Medicine, which I study German New Medicine and metaphysical anatomy, a break in a bone is a break in a relationship, mm. um, either with a form of relationship we have with ourself in a way or around us. And so you can really map that and see what was going on in our life with breaks. Uh, and then around four years old and yeah, my parents splitting up and certain transits or aspects and bone is Capricorn. And mm -hmm. so I would go look and see in my chart where Capricorn sat. And so I get very specific because I have, 
I have a lot of the same types of disease, injury, women that have very all similar issues. So like endometriosis, PCOS, birth trauma. So that's Scorpio and Cancer. And that's the fourth and eighth house. But then we all have our own placement of where Cancer or Scorpio is. But we can go to specific places and charts. Just even knowing like that gives you the peace of mind to help your mind as well heal through that, you know, because I think the human mind tries to find meaning and why. And it's like, it's okay. It's just here, right? This is it. This is why. And it just is, it almost helps you like settle with the acceptance part. Like it is what it is. And here are the tools. And this is what your soul is needing to heal through it. Absolutely. Yeah. And when we can see the diagnosis or injury or something that set us down and and got us still to center ourselves, if we can see that as a healing, as a transition, as transmutation, then it shifts our perspective. And I really, I believe that's what spiritual awakening is. It's just a shift in perspective. It's a shift in view. It's beginning to notice and become a witness instead of reacting. The life is working for us and not against us. Absolutely. Well, and in these times, it's like, if you stop, you're going to miss out. If you stop, you're not going to make money. Or if you stop, you're not going to meet the man of your dreams. I mean, all these different things, even all those apps, you know, it's like you can have a hundred matches in one day. It's like, oh, there might be like the next best one tomorrow. But that doesn't ever allow for that time. Like when you when you catch a cold, you are forced to just rest. Yep. And that's what you're supposed yep. to be doing cyclically is like rest, recoup, take time to just be. And some people need to do that every day. Yeah, absolutely. And the last two years really had us as a collective face that. Yeah. And it was really targeting the lungs, which is ruled by Gemini, which is about communication, the nervous system, and fear. Hmm. So everyone has had to face many layers of fear, which always comes down to our own mortality and our fear of death, our fear of not having enough and scarcity or our physical body death. You know, mm-hmm. if this job ends, if this person leaves me, I will die. Like, you know, so we have had to face that and many people really intensely. And mm-hmm. I, I joke, but I'm also serious. I'm like, I started this process back in 2011, 2012. And for the people who started in, you know, 2020, I'm like, bless you. Because that was like the fastest two years of your life. And I had a decade. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to kind of tra-la-la through your processes. Yeah, it was like boot camp for those who who woke up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So going back to this work you started in 2012, like what was your trajectory in even getting you into mm-hmm. somatic healing and healing trauma for women? Wow. Yeah. Of course, it's all the little things, right? From 15, I was in a very parallel relationship with a boy that was a lot like my father. So there was just that codependency looking for in a man and a boy of what my father wasn't giving me. And it ended up matching, of course, as it does to that. I ended up continuing in that relationship for like 10 years on and off. 
And so it wasn't until my beginning of 20s, mid 20s, that I left that. And my son was born in 08. And right after he was born, I had thyroid cancer. So thyroid, Taurus ruled. It's about our values and not speaking. It's about just completely shutting down the throat chakra. And I knew it. I had been in the realm of not deep dive, diving into the world of spirituality yet, somatic healing, the metaphysics, but I knew enough just in my own intuition and wisdom. I was like, well, duh, it's my throat. So there was the son, my birth, my son's birth in 08. And then 2011, 2010, 2011 was the thyroid cancer diagnosis. But I knew, I knew when it was happening that I was going to be okay and that I just had to make really tough decisions. And so in 2013, it took me to 2013 to leave that relationship and to move with my son when he was five and then really begin this journey. And I really wouldn't have. I don't think that next couple of years between 2013 and 2016 was rapid fire, hmm. you know, and I really don't believe I would have been that way had I not found a group of women. We got together once a month, every Sunday, and Jamie was a part of that group of women that I had met. Hmm. And we started doing all type of somatic practices, intuitive work, so channeling and That gave me so much stamina, just passion, courage. It really helped align me more so with my higher self, more with God since I had when I was a child because I was outside in nature by myself. I was so divinely connected to nature and God Mm -hmm. in such a way and untethered from that in my teens and, and early 20s. So it helped circle me back around. And for nine months, we got together every month. And then for two, three years after that, we continued. So it was just working on that muscle of boundaries and discernment and trusting ourself. And so then I slowly began holding space for women in 2014, 2015 in the same way, and then began holding space for retreats for women in 2015. That's amazing. I think that's the power of community and support. Yeah. You know, it's the power. And then you're you're giving back. It's like this is what's needed. And it's very motivating. Yeah. To help other women because you can't do it alone. You can't go through. You can't learn how to swim all on your own just put up a funny post on Instagram from another guest, Stephen Tuhig. And it was like this, he talks about shadow work. And it was this toddler, like with his head above the water, like freaking out, like with no support. And then there was this kid who had a mom holding her. And it was like, yes, you know, do you feel like you're not supported through shadow work? It's like this versus this. Like, are you going to just flail and drown by yourself? Or are you going to gain that support? And it's right there. All you have to do is reach out your hand, speak up, ask. Find a group. Absolutely. Yeah, there really isn't excuses now, especially with everyone having access to the internet. Yeah. I think, you know, more people have a phone in the world than like shoes, you know, like there's like necessities. They'll even (laughs) be like, oh, I don't need that. I've got my phone, you know, and 
And so right. there's YouTube videos for everything. And, and there's just, there's no excuse now, which is part of the age of Aquarius is the age of technology. So yeah. are we going to let it rule us or are we going to, you know, be the master of it is the question that we'll all have to face soon. But right now it's how we are connecting and how we're having this conversation. And, but yeah, I mean, you have to lean into the discomfort. You have to let your armpits get sweaty and you have to regulate your nervous system in a new way by, by training the body, the animal body to be like, no, you know, I'm in control, not you. We're going to go to this event. We're going to join this group. We're going to speak the things that we've been terrified to speak because the fear of what we had to lose. I remember specifically being in that relationship that had so much mental abuse, emotional abuse, and uh, lots of infidelity, you know, and it was affecting my physical health in big ways, obviously. And I remember there was a really big storm that rolled in. I'm in Oklahoma and we have really great storms. And we were like, you know, making sure everything was said and all that. And I remember looking over at this man and being like, I'm just glad that I have this versus nothing at all during times like this. Hmm. And that obviously is something because I remember that moment that was so impactful. That was really the staple of why I've stayed in everything I have when the expiration date was done. And that includes my father relationship. And now when I work with people, I'm like, write down on a list of everyone that you communicate with. Not every day, maybe every month, but family members, friends. Now circle the ones that you feel that it's reciprocated, that you feel filled up by after. And mark out who does not. And don't look at it like, oh, but that's my mom. That's my dad. That's my lover. That's this and that. It's all across the board. To do this work and to align with that power everyone's talking about and the goddess and whatever you want to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Every boundary and every relationship has to be across the board, no matter what role they play in your life. Period. Yeah. And we are not meant to do this journey alone. Just because you need to put your family on the outer circles does not mean that you are then now isolated and left alone. And this is one of the reasons why I've created the Empath Healing Community over on Patreon. I believe that you can create your own soul family. And as a group, Together on Patreon, through this community, your answers will be questioned in live Q&A events. And I host live meditations over there, share very empowering and pump you up music to get you kickstarted on your weekend. And education on narcissism and healing as empaths, as well as human design as a tool. And we have monthly group healing ceremony circles. We have February 6th is the kickoff of our first event in the community, How to Live NARG Free and Overcome the Pain from Narcissistic Abuse. I'm hosting that as the first annual for free over on the Patreon, Empath Healing Community. So go check that out. Hop on over to Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Yes. But family, personal, 
that's where it's, you make the excuses and you justify. But if you just look at everybody as a neutral person, yep. no matter what their role is, I love that. Write a list and take inventory. Mm-hmm. Who fills you up? Who reciprocates? Are you constantly texting them or always calling them and they never call you? Yep. And maybe test it out. Maybe you're like, oh, no, they just don't call because they're busy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll test it out. Don't call them for a week and see if they call you. Then you've got something to to address. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So let's dive into maybe if our listeners for the first time have heard this term somatic healing. It seems very magical and mystical, but I know it. it's very practical. Can you help break that down just a bit before we dive into the mushroom? Well, for me, somatic practices and having to deal with the body, specifically the nervous system, so nervous system regulation and what what does the body need in order for that. And obviously breath is at the top of the list in somatic practices because that is the life force energy. That is where we can stimulate, even access DMT within our pineal that is the mirror of what psychedelics do or also known as entheogens. Which in theos, in that word in theogen, in theos is Greek for God within. So it's, you know, all of these psychedelic plants are just the mirror to ourself because psilocybin mushroom, which there is about right now known 180 or so species of these psychoactive mushrooms, when we ingest them is when the psychoactive effect occurs. So, you know, we have to be careful to know that it is us activating us, you know, within that mushroom. They are the mirror of our death and rebirth. So for me, the somatic practices include breath and dance and movement as a part. And of course, music and sound. And that being coming from our own body, humming. I ask this to so many people. When you were a little girl or boy or however you identify, did you hum a lot? Were you like, "Mm -hmm," like calming, like just going about? And it's like our own toning somatic practice mechanism that we're born with. We know. And even like tapping, you know, tapping the glands, tapping on the body, feeling the body. Mm -hmm. So doing Reiki on ourselves. We did all of that as a kid. If you really look back and you really see all of it, I remember very early on, too, being able to channel but not knowing that it was channeling, and I would hear things come in to my mind, and they would start talking really fast. And it was like, da, 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 and I'd be like, stop. And I'd be like, I would start humming, and I would hum like the same thing. And then if that didn't work, I would get in the shower or the bath to get in that conduit that's water and like mm-hmm. sink into it. Things? <laughs> Yeah, and that's in so many movies too. I know, like water, like going back into the amniotic fluid that we once breathed into our lungs, and those float tanks too. Yeah. Oh Mm -hmm. man, I have gotten so deep in the float tank, and it is. I went straight into the void, straight into that place without psychedelics, you know, and and that's the thing too is. Psychedelics are an inward call that we should never want to do just because, oh, everyone's doing it or, oh, I think this is what I should do. It's a call and we don't need it. 
You know, my journey with psychedelics didn't start till three years ago. And so we have all of those receptors and all of that DMT within us that we can activate and stimulate through breath, through movement. That's what ecstatic dance is. And some people have even more powerful experiences through those. Yeah. Yeah. And all of it, I love how it also calms your nervous system down and connects you. Right. It's like a... And it's not just a, oh, let me just call my nervous system down. It's like you also get to hear what you really need to be being or what message you need to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's important for people. We hear nervous system all the time now. It's another buzzword. Yeah. And, you know, the nervous system being, which in astrology, it's ruled by Gemini, which is hands, lungs, nervous system, arms. But it's the extension of the complete nerve network within our body. And I always tell people, you know, go Google up what that looks like in a diagram because it's like the mycelium beneath our feet on the earth floor that connects Mm -hmm. the rooms and the tree roots and the connectivity. And without that mycelium, we wouldn't be able to survive here. And so it's mirroring back, of course. Our body is mirroring back nature and its cycles. The question is, are we activating those cycles? You know, are we, especially if you have a uterus and you have the different phases every month, are we utilizing them in the way for imagination, rest, reset, clearing, just like nature does with seasons? It really helps uncomplicate life a little bit more when we can follow that. (laughs) Yes. And that's why maybe the other buzz topic is get out in nature. Like, well, that's because, you know, so you can see the mirror and realize that you are one with the water. You are one with the grass and the earth and the trees. You're not separate. And so much time lately has been like conditioned us to be separate from it, to dominate it. That's not, I don't believe that's the way we're supposed to be with the earth and the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And as children who grew up with very selfish parents, whether they were narcissists or just extremely selfish, we might have spent a lot of time alone, a lot of time with animals, a lot of time out in nature. And you see a lot of people who experienced a lot of abuse early on childhood be the ones who create all of the animal sanctuaries. That's also something that like once I say that, people are never going to not see that now. But extremely traumatized humans, you know, for whatever reasons they want to save the animals because they feel that they are helpless, that they don't have a voice, which in some ways they don't, but that's them rescuing their own little child. Oh, yeah, I love that. At the very beginning, like when I first left my narcissist abusive relationship and I was like, what's happened? I have no idea how I even ended up in that, right? Like that kind of like I'm awake, but I'm also like have no idea and memories. I went, I drove head on into a business with horses because I loved horses. I always had a horse as a child. And then my now husband, he was my boyfriend at the time. He and I were so the same about like, loving the animals and honoring them that we rescued like 
three or four. Well, actually it ended up being four because it was a pregnant mama with a weanling and another young one from Slaughter. And it just was like something I had to do. I just had this huge compulsion. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to feed them. I just have to save them. And that yeah. was, that was probably part of that early, like I didn't know anything about inner child at that time. That was my early recognizing that, saving that mm-hmm. helpless being. Absolutely. Which was me. Hmm. Interesting. Absolutely. And I love that it was equine therapy because just what they represent. I've been in love with them, horses and dolphins, you know, my whole life and just obsessed. And I would sleep listening to whale and dolphin songs on a cassette tape. Like, I, I, I mean, I just, I knew, I knew that was something, you know, that was just vibrating through me. Yeah. Um, that's a pro- another form of somatic healing, don't you think? The sound. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Listening to the sound when you drift off into sleep and you let that go through the subconscious mind, what we intake in there is so important. You know, it's like when people go to, to sound bowl healing groups, you know, or meditations and they might fall asleep. It's like, that's all right. You're, you're shutting that uh, beta brain off and maybe your body just needs to integrate. You don't need to remember all that. And so people will be in there yes. snoring, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's the body that needs that rest. And so, yeah, we can go to the extremes with the animal saving part, obviously. Yeah. And it can I've get very that toxic too. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another thing too. I've noticed in very selfish or narcissistic human beings like for my dad, for example, he treats his dogs better than me. I'm his only child. Mm-hmm. He talks about them as if they're his children. And of course, he feels that I've now abandoned him and don't care about his well-being. But he gets these mastiff dogs that only live like eight or nine years. And then he's like spends every single day with them obsessed and just enmeshed. Because they don't judge you. They don't speak back to you. They don't challenge you. I mean, they do in some ways, but not like humans would. Right. That's true. To call you out. And so it makes so much sense why people will become more obsessed with that. And so that's another healing part I had to move through was, oh, this man really does care about his dogs more. Mm Mm-hmm. It's painful yeah. as a child. It's, it just rocks Absolutely. you to your core. Absolutely. But I can see that, right? That's what the narcissist does in the relationship is tries to simplify things down and demand of you and tell you how to do things. You're right. Just like a pet. You're like, I am not a pet. I have my own autonomy and freedom. And they diminish your voice enough so that you don't challenge them. But once you do, boy, like they're either out or they're attacking you. Yeah. And I think the gaslighting is probably the most insidious part of it all. It's the worst. Because, it yeah. And for myself and, and those that I've come across that I help sort of unravel those stories from. Because when you no longer can trust yourself and your decisions and, and what you believe reality to be because someone's now molded you into their version of reality – There's 8 billion of us here now looking out at different realities, swimming together in a collective one. And they do their hardest, they do their best to make you feel like that your reality has no validity. 
that it is not true. And it's wild. It is so wild because then also matching with some of those mirrors in other relationships, whether they be men or women, I have with friends and women that mirrored some of that. And it wasn't until, you know, I started seeing it over months. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. There's the same control here. There's the same tendency. And it, it will be just in a different avatar. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you don't trust yourself. You don't trust them. And so then all of a sudden, then you become isolated. She's like, well, now I can't trust anybody. Like, I don't know who's healthy, who's going to be controlling me and selfish again. And I don't know who I'm attracting. And I think that brings me to my next question is then, so you, you working through, you're helping these women work through gaslighting. What is something that maybe that the listener can take away today as to be able to clear out or heal from that gaslighting? There's an exercise at retreats where at the very beginning, we write out all of the labels that we call ourselves or we have been called. And it's the same with the circling and the marking out. So you write all these labels and some of them are just very like, you know, mother, partner, but then they will get even more specific in things that have been called to them. So someone's saying, no, this is who you are in my reality. And so now this is who you are in yours. And then you look at those and you mark out, you circle which ones feel good and you mark out all the emotional words, you know, because they'll start writing emotion instead of, so, so now we've labeled ourselves through emotion which isn't who we are. We're not our emotions. The emotions are the experience, the gauge, right. the, the distance between ourself and God, source, universe, and the thoughts of that, which is just love. And they will have either, you know, very few circles or like everything X'd out. And I'm like, see how you've been now navigating your life, not only through someone else's lens, but by allowing emotions become your identity to become your label, which in turn then creates illness and stagnation in the body. And, you know, the body keeps the score, which is a really great book. <laughs> but Ooh, um, yeah, I like that book. But yeah, it's really very simple things like that, writing mm -hmm. it down. And then of course, having someone as your mirror that is non-judgmental, that has no expectation for what you should and shouldn't do, doesn't tell you how to live your life but is able to look at you and say, you are none of those things. You know, look at me in my eyes and let me tell you, you are none of those things. So That's powerful. That's really powerful. Yeah. yeah, ways that you can clear out what they've convinced you you are. Yeah, I'm finding your truth, which is so simple once you clear out, once you X. I mean, how many really were ended up being actually circled after they X'd out? Very few. And they were the most like logical ones. So it was like, you know, the mother, daughter, like, you know, yeah. whatever. And and mm -hmm. maybe artists or they would put their profession, like get very specific in that. But that's what you do, not who you are. Yeah. And so yeah. so we see the what the mind has created and how the ego has kept us safe, you know. This has just been an amazing conversation. It's been so enlightening and so beautiful. And 
really helpful. Thank you for sharing your story and your wisdom with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I love how we just go to many different aspects and areas and topics. I always like that. Yeah, it was such a beautiful conversation. And there's a bonus part of this conversation coming that I'm posting in a bonus episode tomorrow on Friday. So stay tuned into your podcast feeds for that. Share with us where we connect with you and what you'd like to share what you're doing. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Venus underscore rising underscore. There are a handful of fake accounts. So, you know, you'll know it's me. It's just underscore rising underscore nothing else. And then I post in my stories all the time with my face and me on there, actually. (laughs) And then my website is britt-johnson.com. December 18th, I'm going to start a six-week online container for women called Echo. So January 27th through the 30th, there will be a Cosmic Rabbit Hole retreat in Colorado for women. And then I'll probably have another one into February in Oklahoma. So, yeah. And, And next year, I'm planning on doing things out of the country. And I haven't done that before. One place and connection would be in Canada and then in Portugal. So that's in the very early stages and really stoked about that. So That's exciting. International retreats. That's amazing. Good job. Oh, beautiful. Okay. And those links will also be in the show notes. Thank you everyone for listening. And always remember to keep your unique light shining. If you are like me, you are probably asking yourself, How do I stop hurting after narcissistic abuse? Well, this is what I'm going to walk you through to gain your joy and confidence back in the first annual 10-day challenge. It will guide you on how to overcome pain from narcissistic abuse and live narc-free. I will post on the Patreon each of the 10 days for you to access for free. It will be a mixture of mentor teachings, healing exercises, and support. And we will have our finale event in a live Q&A event on Patreon. Registration will open for... Registration will be open until February 6th, the day of the challenge that the day that the challenge starts. But don't wait, get your free ticket now before you forget. And if you just want to check out the new exciting things happening over on Patreon, download the free app, search Raven Scott and click the three dots at the top right of my page and click follow. So you can follow along and be a fan for free. If you wish to join as a founding member, just click on over $8.25 to join as a member and unlock all of the amazing healing tools and support content on the Patreon. Can't wait to see you there. There is a way to stop ruminating about the narcissist and their betrayal and their abuse. And that is through daily practicing meditation. If you did not know, I'm a certified meditation teacher This skill is now going to be put to good use, and I'm honored to be hosting live meditations on one of my most favorite meditation apps called Luvo, L-U-V-O. It's free, and upon entering the app, you can take a quick survey to see which chakra is blocked, and then you can start meditating to release that chakra to watch out for my live guided meditations coming to you soon. So sign up, and the link to the app will be in the show notes.
Don't forget, for a limited time only, you can grab your free copy on Audible. Just sign up in the link in the show notes, and I will email you your own special code to redeem your free copy. <laughs>